0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. I wanna apologize real quick. I've had some uh, some technical difficulties and my audio interface is, is shot and so I'm having to order another one. Don't know how long that's gonna take with everything going on with the coronavirus, if Amazon will get it here quickly or not. So um, this mic does pretty well, but it's real sensitive. So like any tapping or typing or anything like that, you're gonna hear it real well. So And this thunderstorm going on outside and my dogs, if they start whining because of the thunderstorm, so I apologize. But just a few quick things. Um, one, go check out the, the private Facebook group. It's Eastern current fishing. There's also Eastern current, which is where the, the, this, this, everything streams live. Eastern current fishing is like a group where you can all chat and talk and post. Um, the other thing is if, if you are really loving this podcast and loving this show, um, I would, uh, I've created a Patreon account. Um, I'm not trying to make a bunch of money through Patreon. I'm just trying to pay for all the backend stuff. It's like 175 bucks a month for me, um, for, for everything, um, As far as my editing stuff and um, some of the subscriptions I have through um, hosting the podcast and um, being able to use music and some of the videos and all that. So um, you can donate five bucks a month or ten bucks a month, and it's just super appreciated if y'all do that. um, I will drop the link to the Patreon account um, in the show notes, and I am going to do some giveaways. If we do, uh, if we get up to 10 Patreon members, um, I'm going to give away two. Finwick HMGs with pin conflict twos. And so pretty awesome rods. They'll be, they'll have 15 pound spider wire braid on them. And I will give one of those away to two different people. So it'll be the first 10 people that are on there um, will be who I'm giving that away to. So you got a pretty good chance of, of winning a rod um, and probably some other stuff mixed in with that. And I think that's it. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to bring on our guest I've always known him as Tron, but it goes by Jonathan... I guess your real name's Jonathan. Jonathan Davis. What's going on, man? Yeah, man.
1: Not much. Um, appreciate you inviting me to come on the show and talk a little bit about trout fishing. Um, or, you know, any fishing, really. Um, but, like I said, I don't know if I'm a guy that's super qualified to talk about fishing on a podcast. But, hey, like I said, it's more or less a conversation. Man, I think the guys that...
0: like don't feel like they're qualified to talk on the podcast always have the best information you know what i mean like i think just anyone that's passionate about something and is able to to kind of share that passion with others is what people like about this and uh, i don't know you catch some freaking nice trout and catch a bunch of fish so i think you'll be i think you'll be plenty good for the for the show good enough for me at least (laughs) so tell us uh tell us your backstory kind of how you got into this and and um how you got into fishing and kind of fell in love with it and became one of your passions
1: yeah yeah um i grew up born and raised here in wilmington and so just kind of um just by growing up around the water some buddies and i grew up you know doing a little bit of like fall trout fishing and you know summer flounder that kind of stuff yeah um but you know as a young kid did i don't know maybe didn't really have the patience for it then just kind of it seemed like most of the time we were going we were going home you know with no fish or you know just shut out so um so as a kid, you know, we did it, I don't know, a good, you know, 20, 30 times a year, but it was like I wasn't, you know, I surfed a lot more than I fished. Yeah. Um, and then as I got older, it seemed like a few of my friends really, really, you know, started enjoying it more than I did, and so I'd kind of tag along with them when I could. But it wasn't until I was, I think it, was, it wasn't long ago, 20, 2014, 15? Okay. I remember it was a summer and um, waves had gone flat. And I was just like, man, this is a year I'm going to start fishing, you know. And um, told myself that and went in an intercoastal angler. And the boys gave me a Carolina rig and some mud minnows, And I just went and tried to figure it out for a little bit, a jetty. And, you know, pretty much all summer just didn't catch much. Maybe a small flounder here or there, black sea bass or something, yeah. some trash fish. But um, what kind of made me fall in love with it. it was a late october that same year after that summer and um i went over to one of the causeway bridges with some um some little grubs and uh just tried for a trout and that day i don't know if i've seen a day like that since um but man it was like me and one other old guy. It was you know one of those classic trout days north winds um you know cooler we had just had a cold snap and it was just every other cast for I don't know, three hours and every fish was over twenty inches. And after that day I was like, that's it. I'm done. This you know, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. That's awesome. <clears throat> so yeah. And then, you know, after that I kind of made some friends with some boys, some actually a coworker, um, G C tranch, and shout out to him. He uh he's got a really cool uh he does glass work and gel coat repair. Oh, cool. First class glass, that's his uh his uh instagram handle yeah, yeah. go check them out if you need butt work but um man he showed me the river he uh took me all around cb and just kind of you know i learned it with him and we just you know got on google maps and found some spots and just kind of tried it and just learned you know and just figured out fishing you know yeah. in the inshore waters that's awesome
0: it's <clears throat> everybody needs a day like that you know one of those days where you catch a bunch of fish i always tell clients that like when they want to bring their kids fishing younger kids um you know if they're they're wanting to go sight if the dad's wanting to go like sight fish redfish i'm like this is not the day to bring your kids if you want them to get into fishing like you need to bring them on a day where we can go just catch a bunch of fish and have a lot of i mean that's what gets anyone hooked i don't care what your age is um i mean maybe it's you know that one you, you go out once and you catch a 30 inch trout or you go out and you catch a tailing redfish like it could be a single fish like that but most of those kids and most people that I feel like get into it, they have you know a pretty epic day and and with a buddy, and they're like, I'm going to start doing this myself, uh, which is which is super cool. Um, and it's that trout fishing, man. It's it's it, it seems like it can be so simple. Like you think back on those early days of big numbers of trout, and it's like a white curly tail grub, and now we break it down into all this crazy stuff. <laughs> um, and I just wish we could go back to this the simplicity of it all. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your so you're you you like to do all kinds of fishing but trout is kind of like your your main focus right
1: yeah absolutely um i mean i have uh, drum fishing you know red drum fishing and flounder is you know i have just as much fun doing that but i don't know what it is about trout fishing that kind of i don't know the elusiveness of them or you know the the stubbornness of the fish it's just it's just i don't know i like it quite a bit more um it's just more a little bit more exciting. Kind of when you do get that big fish, it's like seems a lot more rewarding than getting like an upper slot or overslot red. Um, yeah, that's just for me. You know, for sure. No, I agree with you. Like a, a big trout, you have to work
0: for. Like a big redfish, if you have bait down there and it swims by, it's 100% gonna eat it. You know what I mean? Like a 50-inch redfish, even. Um, but but the trout is not that way by any means what are some of the things that you look for like when you were talking about big trout like what let's talk about conditions first off like what are some of the conditions weather patterns stuff like that that you want to see um for you know if you're gonna, gonna go out and be like oh this is the day i could catch a big one
1: yeah yeah um well i guess for me that would kind of vary on seasons um but maybe since we're in spring i'll talk about spring um for me this time of year i'm looking for those those at least the spots I like to fish for bigger drought, I'm looking for those days that have, you know, high sun in the afternoon, um, you know, some shallower flats that have that sun on them with some good muddy bottom, um, you know, maybe maybe a wind direction change or a moon change, you know, we got, I kind of prefer that new moon over the full moon, but, yeah. um, you know, any changes like that, but like, it, you know, if it's been blowing south for the last, three or four days, and then we get it switched up to another north north wind. Um, I kind of like those changes, you know, it seems like those fish start moving around a little bit. They're, you know, even a pressure change over a few days. Um, but this time of year, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, Fall I guess, winter's fairly similar. You know, I kind of like, honestly, I like those those warmer days in the winter, but the few really good fish I've had all came on like nasty, rainy, cold days no one else is out you know just sitting out there grinding and you know happen to pop one yeah that's that's so true I, i've caught one decent
0: trout on like a it was a 25 inch trout it was a good trout but the only the only citation i've ever caught on a sunny day was that one and i haven't caught many big fish either um but that one w- was surprising i was not expecting it, it was with redfish and so um, mm. that was odd too but i'm with you those changes man those changes are so key and i, I like that you said new moon um like i used to always think full moon or just that's what i heard but the more more guys you talk to that have caught big fish it seems like they're more focused around that new moon and and then like i bet yesterday and today some big trout slipped up you're talking about that wind changing you know we had some south wind and uh, now we got kind of some nasty weather rolling in and a little bit of north wind i bet had some (coughs) chewing but um so you you had a pretty big trout this
1: year what what was uh that is that the trout behind you is that a, a painting of it uh yeah so that's actually a um that's a stamp of it like a stencil um oh gosh what's her name veronica vb fish prince is her uh that's her instagram she's awesome she um she does like traditional i forget the term for it but it's like a hawaiian tradition where they stamp the fish they put like a black ink over that one side of the fish and then some rice paper and stamp it that's awesome so yeah that's it um, it was a 31 and a half inch fish. Um, Golly. yeah, but that day, man, um, was just like I said, rainy, nasty. Um, I think the high that day was maybe like 52, 53. And, um, before that fish, I probably had between me and one other guy, we probably had, I don't know, more than 33 to four pound fish. Golly, that's it was incredible. just one of those days you know up the creek that was just just like that you know just yeah. it didn't matter where you cast it shallow flat deep and no matter where you cast it they were
0: going to eat it yeah it's crazy man when those those fish do like that because it's like you start to think oh maybe they're not in an area uh, but but when those conditions are right they're they're in a lot of places that that you fished and f- probably fish right past them so that yeah. that's that's super
1: cool to cool to know
0: uh, what did, if you don't want me asking, what did that big fish eat?
1: Um, that fish ate, where is it? Right here. Um, DOA shrimp. Just oh, yeah. a chartreuse DOA, um, the three inch um, with the little secret added to it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, that thing, that's all. I think I fished, actually, hold on one second. This is the one I caught on, I hung it on that picture, oh, um, I, I don't know if you can tell, but this is the same plug I used all day long, I mean the one just eye's gone, it, it just got demolished, I used the same one all day for all those fish and that that big girl ate it. So um, when that when it slides down the hook, the DOA, are you still fishing it, like even if it's if it's kinking up a little bit? Not normally, but that day, that like day it didn't matter. Like, and I didn't want to waste the time to re-tie up. I was, it was just so just much firing, fun catching. Firing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, That's awesome, thing. man. Uh, so
0: let's talk a little yeah. bit about. Like, I love fishing a DOA as well, and I was super intimidated by that bait at first because it's 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 like a very odd light bait. It's hard to throw. It's very confusing how to work it. So, um, and it seems like now I've learned kind of a couple different ways that are pretty effective for it. How do you like to fish a DOA? Maybe let's talk about like in current and not in current.
1: Okay. Um, so for me personally, if there's a good amount of current, I just I don't even fish it. Okay. And that's that's not because it's not good in current. Yeah. It's very good in current. That's because I'm too impatient to fish that bait in current. <laughs> um, I like that bait in like in the backs of the creeks where there's no movement, um, or you know, in, in this time you're in boat basins where there's not a lot of current and man i just give it you know a couple really hard pops and then just wait just let it go all the way to the bottom and you know just like i do when that when those trout hit it i mean you can feel it in your feet oh my gosh they crush (laughs) and you know and it's always always on the way back down and you know when i like you i mean i was super intimidated by intimidated by that bait at first you know i just couldn't fish it right too impatient i had it in the top of the water column all the time and then when i kind of figured out to be patient with it it's was just like, man, this thing is deadly. You know, I don't yeah. know why because it doesn't have very good action. It doesn't but, have any action really. <laughs> yeah. Maybe but, man, the legs wiggle
0: a little bit, but yeah, they freaking hammer that thing. Yeah. It's I'm with you, man. That bite on the DOA shrimp when they want it, man, it is so hard. And they eat it head first every time. I think that's why it, it yeah. rocks you so good. But um, yeah, that's cool. I, I'm with you. Like in current is where that bait was so intimidating to me until I started catching a couple. And it's like it's a do nothing bait, really. Like I, I like to sit off of a bank, you know, maybe spot locked on the trolling motor, and and if the current's kind of running left to right across the side of my boat, I'm throwing up current a little bit and just kind of dead sticking it, keeping that line tight and maybe some little twitches, but, um, but it is awesome in no current and it's. But the, the crazy thing is, what, like it's. I think the intimidating part of that bait is how light it is to people, um, and you really can't yeah. feel much, and I, you know until you. You have to get some bites on it to build up that confidence of like okay i'm doing something with this bait other than just you know letting it dangle around in the end of my line um do you j- mostly just fish that chartreuse color or, or do you, you venture out uh
1: man the measles you know that yeah. red one um that's kind of my go-to but um i do a lot of fishing in in the rivers you know and so i kind of like that chartreuse it seems up a little better but around here you know around home um i like that measles just because i don't know it seems to do a little better in that clear water yeah definitely um but and honestly i don't really fish the toa a whole lot um you know just i guess when the time's right it's fun you know it's a fun way to fish it's a fun bite yeah um but um i don't you know it doesn't seem like i get the opportunity to throw as much as i want to or or should for sure
0: but what are uh, what are some of the other baits you like to throw when you're? Let's just talk trout. I, I'm I'm onto this whole yeah. trout thing. What are some of the other baits you like to throw for trout? Um, in, in different scenarios.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um. I am, and my friends will tell you, like I'm so stubborn with the topwater plug. That's. I mean, <laughs> it's a big trout bait. Any chance? Oh gosh, yeah, and any chance I get, I'll throw it. You know, and and that's like all spring long all fall long i mean that's what i'm obsessed with top water fishing um so this uh i don't know if you can see that yeah, the yeah. uh the full spook the mullet color um that color man, doesn't that's, work at all that's, no not at all <laughs> <laughs> that's uh one of my go-to's um i love that and um honestly this year i really fell in love with that uh the i'm not a big mirror lure top water plug fan but um Luke Tippett turned me on to their uh, Pro Series, the Clear Eyes. Um, It's like a green back. Uh, Man, that thing, I don't know, I guess it's the pitch, because it looks and walks just like a skitter walk, but the pitch of that thing may be a little little higher. And, um, man, I really like that plug. Um, After, I think, last fall, I started kind of exclusively fishing that one. Um, But, yeah, topwater plugs. um, Let me
0: ask you a question real quick about that full
1: spook. I noticed that do you do you do anything with the hooks? Do you take you looked like you take the middle hook off on that one? Yeah, okay. and that's um, That was just a recommendation. I got from uh, Ryan. Yeah, He He gave uh, me the same recommendation. That's one I was yeah, <laughs> super trouty guy I mean those dudes him and Ben, you know, they've taught me almost all of what I know about fishing just from going to the shop Yeah um, But I take that middle hook out okay. and then I swap out I, as soon as I get it out of the box pretty much all my plugs I swap them out for those owner um, black chrome they're so sticky hooked. yeah yeah fish yeah, looks that
0: at it it's hooked
1: <laughs> yeah i uh i redid all my my this past winter uh, i think i was sick and just needed something to do and redid them all and uh ended up putting one through my middle finger in the car <laughs> oh my with my wife and uh I had to get it cut out oh that's brutal not yeah. even by a fish all right so i interrupted you you're going into another another bait that you like to throw um so another bait i like to throw i mean all you know a lot of soft plastics i'm a big soft plastic fan um hard baits you know i love them too um but you know when the temperatures are right i like soft plastics um and z-man is kind of my my deal um z-man with the eye strike fishing jig head yeah. um they're new man they're new texas eyes Whew, they're awesome Smart awesome especially
0: um, paired with the z-man like you're saying because that oh, yeah. float up action that you get from it is killer yeah
1: absolutely um so that bait you know and a lot of shrimp profiles i like i think it's called the easy shrimp maybe um is that the one really, that
0: looks re- really like a shrimp not the mayonnaise yeah. shrimp looking one
1: Correct, okay. yeah. That's the one that looks exactly like a shrimp, and I like that one the best, um, but honestly, i kind of been fishing the the jerk shrimp just out of necessity because I, I didn't have a pack of the easy shrimps, and I got two citations on that in the last month and a half. Golly, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, the Laguna shrimp, that pink one. Yeah. Um, um, but then, honestly, uh, what's his name? Uh, Captain Chris, Speckled Truth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he got me into the ned rigs um and i like i kind of only fish it with these uh trout tricks on them but man those things work too especially in some you know in still water where kind of those it went like you said somewhat of a do nothing bait for me um may not be the right way to fit that's how i fish it. you know they, right. they sit on the bottom and they just kind of stand up and that bait just wiggles around and i can't tell you how many bites i've had um you know either like zipping up my jacket or sticking my rod between my legs and just leaving it there and had a bite boom, you know, Absolutely. just from it sitting on the ground. That's good to hear. That
0: was one of the baits that I like really wanted to try to fish this winter. And I just, I was telling myself I was going to, and I never did. I never picked it up, never fished it at all. Do you like that in, in shallow water? Have you fished it in shallow water at all? It works good in shallow water too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it? it does. Um, yep. I like it in shallow water. I, I like it in deeper water, better but man it's that thing's taking forever to get to the bottom of it, you know um, <laughs> that's why you so might be zipping gonna, your
0: jacket up on the way down yeah yeah yeah
1: so um you know it's it's kind of like one of those baits like i don't know a lot of anglers have those baits in their box where it's like they know it works and it works good but they just don't feel like tying it on because you know it's like or you tie it on and you fish it for like three minutes and you're like ah, oh, screw this thing and you put it up you know yeah um but you know if you give it some time it it works it's proven me wrong a few times i would say i was just thinking about this because we're talking about all these different baits
0: that w- the days that i've done really well like going out and trout fishing by myself i'll like pre-rig five or six rods like especially in the winter and and, and instead of like because when you're sitting there and you're like i don't want to retie something on i'm just going to keep fishing this when you could easily like reach over and it doesn't have to be five or six rods but you know, two or three different baits and being able to just switch real quickly in the same spot and try, you know, two or three different baits. Um, it's crazy how much, you know, you might fish, a swim bait in a spot and then throw that Ned rig in there probably and get a fish in the exact same cast that, that didn't eat one bait. So, um, it's at least for me, cause my laziness, it's important. And this might help other people out there to, to have a few different things tied on to when you're going into an area to fish. Um, do you do you tend to do that or you kind of or you take the time and retie and and all
1: that uh no absolutely i do that when i can um so i don't i don't have a boat um so i do a lot of on foot yep. and a lot of um you know not a lot but a fair amount of kayak fishing too um and i go with some buddies you know on their boat but um so when i when i'm on a boat or on foot you know i'll do the same as you i'll t- pre-tie up a bunch of different things that way i can just kind of rifle through them and grab what i what what you know the situation needs um but in a kayak it's a whole nother deal um you know i'll bring two rods and you know i'm i'm kind of i'm like one of those guys who wants to bring everything i have so uh (laughs) so i i've got my box of everything and i just kind of and it seems like you know i have two or three rods on the kayak they're all tied up with something different and one will work and i'll you know be breaking off and just retying on that same rod rather than you know right, right. <laughs> utilizing the three i have you know for I'll sure come home and i'll be like man I only use the same rod all day why don't i bring these other two <laughs> i'm with you on that it's uh
0: it, i think i have right now one, two, three, four, five, seven rods on my boat today and so we fish two two different rods and i have seven and and they get kicked all the freaking time i can't tell how many rods i get broken in my skiff because they kind of hang out on the gunnels a little bit and the guy mm. will get up beside me and just kick them into the rod holder and break the tips off of them. So it's, it, but I'm with, it's it, you, when you have all this stuff and you spend all this time organizing your tackle and collecting your tackle, it's like, I want to be able to open my hatch or open my tackle box or, and see all my stuff, even though I probably don't fish half of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, absolutely. Are there any other baits, hard bait? What about subsurface hard baits? Do you fish? Are there any of those that you, you prefer and would recommend anybody?
1: um yeah seven MR 17s and 18s are great baits um I didn't this year and last year I didn't fish them as much um man I I kind of went old school not old school I mean it's still a great bait but uh, you know the 52 yeah. um just old school mirror or full size um or the TT you know those things are deadly um and we had a really good year in the surf this year um and I had, you know, that uh, one plug tight on my surf rod for, I don't know, a month. That same one didn't lose it and just caught who knows how many fish on that thing in the surf. That's awesome. Um, and so that's one hard subsurface bait I really, really like because it's kind of, it's an easy bait to fish. You know, you just kind of, I, I like to just slow retrieve, no twitches. That's what the old school guys, you know, told me, no twitches. Just, you know, slow roll that thing back in and they'll stomp it. For For sure. Um, Do you do most of your surf
0: fishing at night, or do you do a little bit of both, daytime and nighttime?
1: Man, I'm kind of one of those weekend warriors, so I do it when I can, Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm not working. Um, I'm kind of fortunate. I did get travel for work all over. Um, I'm a carpenter, so I work on the beaches a lot on these custom homes. So I got pretty lucky, like – this past winter, when the bite was good in the surf, I was either on a job in Topsail or on a job in Curie Beach, and those are like my two places I want to be. So, <laughs> That's perfect. Um, it was like lunch breaks and pre-work and after-work. I was kind of taking advantage of when I could. But um, I, you know, night night surf fishing is kind of you know what a lot of guys tend to do, and it, it works well. But I caught plenty, plenty of fish when the sun was up For in sure. the surf.
0: For sure. For sure. It's uh, I had a day, I was, let me switch this camera out because my battery just died here. Here we go. Sorry, guys that are listening to this. Now you get to see my, my face up close. Um, I had a day, I think I talked about this in another podcast, that I was, I went out to trout fish. It was early. There wasn't a ton of fish in the marsh yet. Um, and it sucked. I didn't get any bites. And I went out to, I went out Rich's Inlet and off of Lee Island to go look for some schools of redfish uh, in the surf. I was on my, my larger boat and um, couldn't find any redfish. And I'm sitting there in the tower and I see some fish coming by and I look down and it looked like uh, bluefish. And I was like, I'm not going to cast to them. You know, I just, I still just had a, like a, I think I had a trout trick on a light jig head with like 15 pound fluoro. Um, and so I let them swim by. Then I saw another group of like 20 and I looked down and I was oh, just big bluefish didn't throw it to him, and then another group came by and i was like i'm just gonna throw it to him." and i threw in there and caught a 23 inch trout and it was all schools of freaking speckled trout coming down the beach in crystal clear water like one one school would come by and then five minutes later another school would come by and then all of a sudden it would be like i couldn't get any of the big ones to eat but then it would be a pack of like six together all huge trout swimming together mm. and the, they were swimming in size classes like redfish i've never seen anything like it and Ended up catching I think probably ten or twelve trout around twenty inches, which was super cool to be able to sight fish them. I've never been able to do that before, um, but that Dang. was like. And then two or three days later, like Rich's Inlet started fishing really well that year, or this year, and and so it was cool to to realize. I'm glad I casted because I was about to just like turn around and be like it's just a bunch of bluefish out here, um, but to see it, you know, what you're fishing from the beach, and and there's you know there's maybe one or two days you could probably ever do that a year weather wise. Um, mm. but, but it, 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 it's really cool how many fish hang out in that surf and travel through the surf. And I think a lot of fish are, are transitioning in and out of the surf a lot too. Like they'll come in those inlets and they'll drop back out in the surf and they'll come in the inlets and they'll drop back out in the surf. Um, uh, so that's something I want to do more. And I think I, my time for that is done cause I've got a baby on the way June 24th mm. and so like going out at night and trying to trout fish at night will probably not be uh, a ton of that going on, but do you? Or here's a good question for you: How many citations have you caught on foot?
1: Um, two, two, God, dude, two. I think, two of the, I don't know, seven, seven. Heck okay. yeah. So you know, in five years, I think I've had, se- and it was like, the first one only came, I think it was three winters ago. So seven in three years. Um, but you know, most of them were. In a boat, two of them were in a kayak. Those two were, you know, this past couple months. Um, but yeah, only two on foot. Um, yeah, that's that's super cool. Not that more can't happen, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. Because Ryan, I was right beside Ryan when he probably had three or four on foot in you know a month beside me. So yeah, I uh, that spot you're talking about with Ryan, I think the spot you're
0: talking about. We were fishing it from the boat, talking about top water and um, maybe it, maybe it, well I was fishing with Ryan with top water or I was throwing like a soft plastic and it was like 11 o'clock sunny um, or like pretty much not even fall I mean it was late summer and he kept throwing top water kept throwing top water nothing no bites nothing on top water and then I, I think I had one small trout on a soft plastic and like I was saying it was like 11 o'clock and this fish just smokes his plug and it ended up being a seven and a half pound trout, like eleven o'clock during the day on the topwater plug, and I was like, "All right, it's worth throwing the big trout will eat those big topwater plugs," which is super. Just blew me yeah. away. I mean, I know it could always happen, but I've, I don't think I've ever caught a trout on topwater in the middle of the day unless it's like overcast, rainy, kind of nasty stuff. But but um that's cool. Oh
1: yeah that works man Uh, that and yes that's you know that's where uh that's where we you know did our damage and um i remember you know him he showed me that fish told me about that day um and that's how i don't know what it is about those fish and when it's like that but it seems like when i kind of figured out that spot with top water it was like i was fishing the heck out of it with subsurface baits and jigs and stuff yeah. and maybe get a fish every now and then and i was just like man let me just and it was a it was a, like overcast day and i started throwing topwater plug and just getting smashed you know? <laughs> you know it was like like every cast i was like man i just fished this for two hours with a subsurface bait and didn't get one bite and now all of a sudden you know every other cast and getting bit on top um, and so then you know, and even still, like that's pretty much what I exclusively fish when i when I fish that spot, yeah, um, and you know, I was up there Saturday and didn't get much but um but you know, high sun, two three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, three and a half pounder on top, you know yeah, that's hard yeah you know, know i I was one of those kind of. And I still do believe in, you know, low-light conditions for topwater for sure. But, man, they are not – if they're hungry, they are not afraid to hit that thing if for the sure. sun is high.
0: For sure. It's definitely something to do – like it's definitely something to not write off. And I, I think that, yep. you know, there there, became, there came a point for me like I, I'd say three years ago, really just two years ago, I really started caring about trout fishing, like wanting to catch big trout. I didn't realize how cool it was. Like, I didn't realize how, how addicting it was. Like, I could give a rip about a redfish now, really. I just want to catch catch trout, and I haven't caught very many big ones. But a topwater is a good way to, like, eliminate some of the smaller fish, you know, when you really do want to hunt for a bigger fish. I feel like, you know, when you're fishing a 17, you're going to get a lot of... I mean, if you just want to go out and catch fish, it's not a bad... There's nothing wrong with that. But But trying to find a bait that might eliminate some of the smaller bites and get some of the bigger bites... I think can be beneficial. Like I was fishing and I know Ryan was fishing some bigger baits than myself, but, but the five inch diesel minnow, like when that came out, um, from man mm. and I had a lot of good fish on the five inch diesel minnow. Um, there's a seven inch. I know guys have been catching them on seven inches and, and my buddy Elias, he fishes like big ass glide baits, like big swim baits and stuff and catches trout on them. Um, but what's crazy too is like, I remember Ryan said that he had a, a 14 inch trout on a seven inch, uh swim bait like a seven inch plastic so you're not you're not totally eliminating the little fish if you go bigger with a bait but it's not uh, at all
1: it's uh yeah interesting idea they're not afraid to eat that thing i think um you know i was fishing a lot of swim baits um a couple winters ago and you know those big storm shads um you know the five and the six inches and my wife same deal she had like a 14 inch trout on the six inch storm you know <laughs> and it choked it like it was gone that thing was in its mouth completely so for sure for sure uh well is there anything else we're at 30 minutes
0: here and we can definitely keep talking but is there anything else on on your end well how about let's speak to real quick like maybe some encouraging words to people that don't have a boat like what it might like just maybe like encourage them that you know it can be done you can't catch quality fish on foot it might take a little more work and back and studying but Um, Let's talk about that for just a
1: second, then we'll maybe close her out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, for me, it was just kind of out of necessity, you know. um, There's periods where I've had boats and periods where I didn't, and um, especially when I first started, I didn't. Um, And so, you know, me and friends would, you know, go fishy spots in a boat and I would just be, you know, so fired up to fish. I'd be like, well, let me hop on Google Maps and, you know, see if there's, like, any way to get to that spot on foot, you know. <laughs> yeah. or, or, like, can I throw the waders on or, you know, like, whose lot am I trespassing through to get there? And um, and that was kind of, like, most of what it was was just, you know, um, just that is such a good tool for fishing, in my opinion, is Google Maps. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of, like, it's a funny time to be a fisherman you know a lot of folks are not friendly to the whole social fishing thing and you know it gives away a lot of spots and a lot of secrets and stuff and i get that um you know but it also could be used as a good tool you know i'm not um looking at scouting people's pictures but definitely like hopping on google maps and just saying thinking like man this water looks good um you know is this spot like accessible through from the car or, you know can I hop out on foot and hike a mile or two to get to it or whatever you know yeah. um And so it definitely can be done. There's plenty, plenty of water, um, that can be hit on foot. Even here, you know, at home, like there's spots, you know, on that you can hit on foot that you can catch good fish at. Um, and it shouldn't be like friends of mine, like last spring just kept messaging me, like, like, how are you catching these big fish on foot? And I'm like, man, it's the same spots that we're going to in a boat. Like it's no, you know, different, you know? Um, so it can be done and it's, it's fun and it's rewarding. And, Honestly, I prefer it. Um, If you know, if I, if it's a good spot, I kind of rather be standing on the bank, um, able to kind of like, you know, be stand where I want. Or like, if I'm fighting a fish, I could walk, you know, to net it or something. You're not kind of confined to that small spot in a boat, especially with three guys in a skiff or something. So um it can it's it's fun you know and it's it's rewarding um it's frustrating at times when it's parts of the season where you know like there's not a lot of spots that are worth it on foot and you kind of see all your buddies catching good fish in a boat and start hopping on craigslist you know (laughs) pipe dreaming about it i
0: I think Um, too one of the cool things about fishing on foot is like The same deal as when I look at somebody on a kayak or a paddleboard is like you're forced to slow down a little bit and really pick your area apart and not rush through something. Um, You know, I would say in the wintertime when you if you're in an area where there's trout on a boat or on foot, there's probably a really good trout in there somewhere. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they kind of group up in these, these certain zones and slowing down, being really sneaky, really quiet, fishing really well, trying different baits. Uh, it's easier to do on foot than on a boat. And I think that's why you see a lot of big fish caught on foot. I think that's why the guys in Texas all like to get out of their boat and wade. you know, you're a little more, um, immersed in that element and, and less intrusive, I would say when you're on foot, but
1: maybe not. Yeah. And like you said, you know, you're forced to really pick apart that area and really make a lot of casts. And that's what, you know, my most recent citations were making a lot of casts. You know, not a lot of fish, but a lot of casts. And, you know, eventually that one big one just decided to eat. Um, And it was only because I was in a kayak and there was no other spots near there to kayak to. So I was like, well, I'll just stay here forever until I find something. (laughs) um you know and it it paid off you know it doesn't always you know definitely strike out um doing that but you know it's cool when you're when you're really forced and you don't have any other option because you know i at least for me i don't have that like thing in the back of my head saying like oh well you could go over here you know you could hop on plane and and go be at this spot in five minutes you know that's not even a thought so it's like well let me just really start looking at different parts of the water or or current seams or whatever um or start thinking about like what that bottom's like you know and so um that's kind of a benefit to either kayak fishing or being on foot yeah definitely um
0: and i would say i'd encourage everyone out there to not worry too much about trespassing if you're going to fish on foot (laughs) just go for it and just apologize later because um i mean at the end of the day you're just fishing you know it's not that big of a deal I mean maybe to somebody it is but but I'd, I'd say go for it I've definitely sent some of my clients sometimes that's like in the summer like the text that you get from every client almost is like is there any good spots to fish on foot you know on the day we're not fishing <laughs> and i've I've sent them just just some spots where people have gotten kicked out and like oh go fish this here or walk out here stand in this person's yard and just fish until they kick you out or um, you know it's not like you're going to jail so go for it and go get a big fish and um, and you know get. Kicked out. Who cares? But well, dude, thank you so much. Yeah. Is there uh, anything else you want to share? If anybody wants to get up with you, uh, it's uh, Tron underscore Davis on Instagram. T R O N, right? Yep. Cool. Yep. You got it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, hit him up, ask him for his GPS coordinates, and uh, I think he charge. We charge what fifty bucks a, a spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Good way to start saving up for the, for the boat. I need to. I need to start <laughs> start selling some spots too. I'm getting pretty broke here, but. Uh, uh. Well, cool, man. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I'm going to close her out here. And if you'll just hang tight, I'll talk to you on Skype here in just a second. You guys, thank you all okay. for, uh, for tuning in. Thanks again, Jonathan, for, uh, for sharing some some secrets with us and, and just giving us some, some of your, your thoughts and your time. Um, again, you guys, uh, hope everyone out there is safe with this coronavirus going on. It's a little scary. Um, just be smart and get out in the water, get away from everybody, go catch some fish. Uh, I'm going to mention one more time, private Facebook group that you can join is the Eastern Current Fishing. And then um, I will link the Patreon account here if you just want to do a small donation per month. It's a huge help, um, especially right now um, just helping helping a little bit with the back end of the stuff since um, a lot of guide trips are canceling and I just don't have the funds to, to throw at Eastern Current as much right now. And uh, that would be much, much appreciated. But um, we will see you all in the next episode. Later.